Hello, everyone, and welcome to Bloomscast. My name is Seth, aka Phantasma Blooms, and I'm coming to you pre-recorded from the Observatorium. As always, I thank you for tuning in today. Alright, so before I really get started in here today, I just want to say, guys, thank you so much for the, all the kind words you had to say about the IT podcast. Um, honestly, I knew that one that one I had a lot more energy for, just because it's something I'm passionate about, and I'm always excited to teach and to hopefully inspire you guys to maybe consider a different life path. Like, I'm not sure if it was really made apparent in the last podcast, so I do want to circle back a little bit to when I said I started off in IT. Um, you know, I when I started going to college originally, I didn't have IT as a goal. I didn't even have IT on my radar. It was one of those things that when I got picked up by the IT manager to work in IT for Mercedes, um, I was like, okay, it's just, it's more money, uh, I need more of that, I need more cash, because um, I'm paying for my college at the same time as me trying to go to it, so I didn't have a bunch of student loans, which, you know, I, I did okay, like, real talk, I got out, and I had, like, maybe 28k owed in student debt, and you know, and I'm paying that off, and it's just a fun-ass time, Ugh, but that that's a whole, you know, another conversation topic in itself, but... Anyway, yeah, no, I didn't have IT on the radar. In fact, I declared my original major to be international business because I wanted to go into translation. I was all about, you know, bridging the world through communication. But the thing that I started to notice was is machine-like translations were starting to become popular. Google Translate was becoming something much more um much more useful it was actually getting things right at least half of the time and sure you know a mechanical translation versus a natural translation is always going to be a little rocky around the corners but you could easily hire somebody to be like okay here's this rough machine translated thing i want you to take it and make it proper english and make it sound good to a natural english you know speaker and it's just like i was worried. I didn't want to go into a job field that was eventually going to be taken over by robots. So you know what I did? I joined the robots. <laughs> you know, if you can't beat them, join them. And I decided I'm going to figure out how these robots work so that way when the robot uprising comes through, uh, I at least have some clue of how to turn it all off. And, you know, that's also why I say thank you to my smart devices every time they help me with something. You know, just because I want, I want, you know... And I'm cautious. I'm cautious about saying their wake-up terms because I don't want them to talk in the middle of my one-shot podcast. But, you know, I'm, I just want them to know I respect them for now. <laughs> like, when they're all coming through, it's just like, no, no, no. He said thank you often. <laughs> but anyway, seriously, thank you again for making that podcast one of the best performing ones. It was a lot of fun, and, you know, we're actually going to continue that conversation a fair bit today. Uh, based on the request of you guys, we are talking about EULAs and EULA, which, no, I'm not slurring over my words. We actually are talking uh, end-user license agreements and EULA Genshin Impact. <laughs> you know, I might swap it around and actually cover Genshin Impact first and then do the IT stuff later on. So, um, I wish I, I wish I could, like, edit this back in post and be like, 
Alright, if you jump to 35 minutes, we start the uh, IT conversation. But, you know, I've been wanting to talk about Genshin Impact for a little while. Uh, I kind of gave y'all a brief introspective into how I felt about the game during the Gotcha podcast. In which I was like, uh, you know, it's a good, it's a game. It's not great. It's not terrible either, you know, but... I will say this, uh, since my break a couple of, like, actually a month back now, uh, I started playing Genshin Impact again. Um, I was, well, actually, I came back from my break about a month ago, uh, but that's beside the point. Uh, I finally decided to give Genshin Impact another shot, and I changed servers, actually. I changed servers to the Asia server, which, hey, if any of y'all are playing on that and want to play, please let me know. I need more people to play with me on that, because right now I just have my uh, my loving girlfriend and her friends, and they're not always available to carry me, and I just, I just want to catch up so I can be with the cool kids. I don't want to be in Inazuma, because, yo, I got Hazel C2. I didn't get Kazuha, but I got Hazel, like, C2, and I can't level him up past 40, and my life is fucking misery. <laughs> so, I have a long way to go to actually properly enjoy the game. And thankfully... I'm saying all this, my girlfriend, my muse, my sweet, sweet fox wife had actually gone through and played a considerable amount on my account already. You know, she actually beat the Mondstadt chapter, the first chapter of the game. Like, I was, I think, one quest away from beating it, but she went ahead and caught it up and then was building my characters to a certain degree, and I was just like, ah. I love this woman. She wants me to play with her, and I'm about playing with her. But it's like, I feel bad every time I go to play, because I'm so low-leveled. And just and this actually is starting to bleed into how I truly feel about Genshin. But I feel so bad, because as a quote-unquote new player, you know, you have so many hours of content that you have to go through in order to catch up to people. Like, Genshin is probably one of the worst games to get into now. Versus, you know, say a Fate Grand Order, um, you can at least get into that. You don't need to be able, like, except for certain characters, you know, you don't need to be in, the, like, the Lost Belts, the, you know, end chapters of the game, in order to level up or rank up your characters. No, for Genshin, you might need to spend, like, 20, 30 hours if you have an Inazuma character, like I do, and, you know, just to get them past 40, and it's kind of stupid that there's no, like, and this kind of blows my mind because they have traders in the game that have come across the different, you know, countries or continents or whatever they want to call themselves. And, you know, you have these NPCs that travel across. Like, I don't understand why in Leeway we don't have an Inazuma trader that you can spend, like, you know, Mora to get rank-up items, you know, you can't buy them all straight out, but at least let me buy, like, five a week, you know, something that at least could tide me over if I had one of these Inazuma characters, instead of saying, oh, well, you have this character, you can't use them past level 40, fuck you. Oh, man, that was, <laughs> that was a whole on string, <laughs> I just got started. Oh, man, no, like, 
I am having legitimate fun with Genshin, like going back through it again. Right now, I'm kind of been on a little slump with it because I've been experimenting with different gacha games. But I do enjoy what it does well. It's like when you're first exploring Tavat for the first time, it feels really unique and interesting. You feel as though, you know, you are the traveler in this instinct. You're going through a whole new world. But the things that, like, they don't do well really stands out. Like, I hate the fact that it costs so much experience to level up. Like, I think, you know, as your levels go up, the experience drops should go up as well. Like, you know, I don't think I've met a single person who has ever grinded, you know, the enemies uh, to get to a level up. You know, it's always, you have to use the items. And it's like, I understand the whole point of a gacha game is to keep players playing for longer so that way they're tempted to buy your shit more often. I understand that 300%. You know how I understand that? I have three Welcome Moons activated on my account. I have, like, I think nowadays I have, like, maybe 65. But I have 65 days that I'm going to log into Genshin just for my, you know, free 90 Primos. Well, quote-unquote free 90 Primos. Just because, like, you know, it's easy that way. I can log in, you know, if I feel like playing the game, I can do my dailies, and then I get my little measly rewards, and I carry on about my day. But, you know, the thing about Genshin is it wants more time than that. As I was saying, you know, if you're a new player, you have to spend so much time to catch up to your friends that, honestly, you're better off trying to convince them to play something else. And that's why I've been trying to convince Juju to play PSO2 on the Xbox and PC with me. (laughs) And soon to be PlayStation. Like, dude, alright. Real talk real quick. I'm gonna break away from Genshin for a second and just talk about PSO2. I've talked so much about... Um, you know, how much it's impacted my career and my friends and all this. And I just really want to say, hey, if you want a really good MMORPG experience and you don't want to play or you don't want to pay for Final Fantasy 15 online, bro, or is it 14? I don't know. But, bro, PSO2 NGS, it's not the greatest game. I can say that straight out. I'm not going to be like, oh, it's the best thing since sliced bread. No, it's not the greatest game. There's a lot of issues with PSO2 still that they're trying to fix up. But the cool thing is, is it's an action RPG similar to uh, Genshin Impact, where, you know, you run around, you do your quest, you advance the story, so on and so forth. But it's space-themed, and it's like, You know, it's kind of this healthy sci-fi blend of concepts. And the cool thing, like, even though the newest expansion, New Genesis, which is big enough to be its own game on its own. Like, I understand why PSO2 NGS was built on top of based PSO2. Or base PSO2, not based. Um, Even though, really, the base PSO2 is pretty fucking based. Um, there are an entire, you know, subsection of stories, entire, like, episodes, episodes, that's what they called them, where you can go through the whole story of PSO2 or go into NGS with the same character. So, say, for example, you don't like the playstyle of NGS, you know, 100%, or you want to go grind out your character and get some weapons, mind you, not everything can carry across from, you know, base PSO2 to NGS, But 
you can go back to original PSO2 and play through that story. And that story is actually pretty fucking good. Um, you know, personally, my favorite story is episode four. Because that's when, like, the characters start interacting with, you know, real-ish environments. You know, I don't want to say a whole bunch without spoiling anything. But, like, you get to take on, like, the Yamamoto battleship piloted by a ghost captain in the middle of the frozen tundra. That is a raid boss you get to do with people. And the music's fucking blaring. And then you get mechs, the AIS units... And you just fucking go berserk on this damn thing. It is cool as shit. I highly recommend it. But, you know, I could gush about PSO2 another time. Regardless, I am hopefully going to be buying an Xbox One or Xbox Series S. Uh, you know, by the time you guys are hearing this, I might be heading over to Target now to buy one. Because I've been debating this for the longest time. And I think... I think it's finally time to go and buy something, you know, big and nice for Juju and I. Uh, the main reason being because we want to play, you know, Game Pass games together. And some games you need to have, like, two different Xbox accounts in order for, like, the achievements and all. Like, it really kind of pissed me off because It Takes Two is one of those games where you need to have both people logged in in order to play the game. But, all that said, I am so far off topic, but hey... You know, really, <laughs> does Bloomscast ever have a solid topic? Like, do I ever fully stay on a single thing for the entirety of podcasts? I don't think so. But you know, that's just me, and this is my show. Hi, I'm Seth. Welcome. <laughs> As you can tell, I've, I've actually had a really good day prior to recording. Uh, this is the first day that I have had off from, like, everything, uh, both, you know, for a reason and for not, because, and I'll cover this more in the IT section of all of this, but, you know, we had an emergency at work, and now I'm kind of just on server monitoring mode, you know, it, it's long story, but like I said, I will cover that more in the IT section of things, but because of that, I kind of needed to stay close-ish to home, you know, I drove, uh, Juju off to work, which, by the way, honey, you did amazing. I love you. <laughs> but I drove her off to work, and then I circled back to go to the grocery store real quick to get uh, some stuff for some cucumber sandwiches, which, honestly, if you guys have not had these, it's a, it's a recipe on TikTok, and I think you can look it up by just, you know, looking up cucumber sandwiches. But it's toast, it's Greek yogurt, it's cream cheese, it's fresh dill, and, like, a sliced cucumber. This thing surprisingly goes hard. You know? Like, the first bite, you're like, uh, you know, it's okay. It's goodish, I guess. But then you start craving it. And I swear, there's something in those, like, ingredients that just make you addicted to them. Almost to something like soda or something. But it's really good, and I went to get stuff like that. Also, I needed to replace the milk that I had, or that I used to cook, and the, uh, you know, iced coffee that we like to drink. I was like, all right, let me just uh, <laughs> cover my ass out. I know I need to buy more. But anyway, when I was looking at my emails, I saw that we had an alert from the server, so I'm like, all right, let me just drop off the rest of everything else I was going to do, and I'm just going to hang out and home. And in that, 
you know, I was able to hang out with a couple of friends that I haven't been able to hang out with in a long-ass time. So, you know, Yuma, Niji, K.O., Richard, and the good old Mr. Beaches himself, Marcus. Thank you so much for playing with me. We, oh, God. I'm honestly surprised how fun Fall Guys can be. And then, you know, to go into TMNT with a randos, just randomly jumping in and out. It was a lot of fun. And I'm just, I'm feeling the positive vibes. So I'm hoping to send them across the airwaves to you on whatever platform you're listening to this. I hope you're having a good day, dear listener. But anyway, so bring all this back. Let's spin my 360 degree brain back to what I was talking about. You know, back to Genshin. I want to like Genshin. I really do. Like, there are certain times where, like, I was exploring Dragonspine, which is the ice mountain of the game, and I was having a lot of fun. Like, I called up a buddy of mine who's basically, like, super into this. Well, y'all know Adam. I called up Adam, and I'm like, Adam, this is bad. I'm having fun on Genshin Impact. And he's like, oh, no, no, man. Because he plays Genshin a lot. But I've always kind of given him shit about it because, you know, to me, it's a full game in itself. Like, I hope at the end of Genshin's run, we get a physical copy of the game. You know, just something that's the entirety of the game. Because when the servers finally go down for that, that's it. That's said and done. But I want something that's like, okay, the gotcha elements are somewhat removed. Or, like, as you progress through the story, you get these different characters. Or, you know, do it like Xenoblade, where, you know, you have the core crystals that let you summon your blades. I want you to, like, be able to find these items after fights or whatever, and, you know, be able to summon off of that. Like, reduce how much the uh, gotcha element is in the game, and make it a little more in-game currency and I think it would work really well as a hardware. Or, like, as a standalone t- title. But, anyway, that's whole other conversation. All in all, like, I want to like Genshin. I think it's a good game. But I hate how hard you have to work in order to catch up to people. If that wasn't obvious, that is my biggest complaint with the game. I also hate the lack of multiplayer. Because Genshin on itself is fun, but it's better when you have, like, a group of friends playing together. But the drawback of it is, is if one person isn't on the same world level as everybody else, it makes grinding pointless. You know, yeah, you can help your friend, which is great, but you're not going to be pulling anything back out of it yourself. You're not really getting anything out of the experience. Like, the only thing that makes multiplayer worth doing it as, like, a higher level to a lower level, like, for Juju to help me out, is she gets to get, you know, my world's resources. You know, the things that take a week to respawn. Like, I'm completely fine with her having that, because she'll go off to another side of the map and grab her stuff while I'm running around doing my thing, and, you know, we'll converge and do something for a little while, and then she'll head off, so that way I can do the next story portion, so on and so forth. But... You know, it doesn't feel good. It's not like, you know, when you're playing an MMO with somebody else and you're actually gaining, like, drops, you're gaining loot. Like, Monster Hunter has done this fantastically where it doesn't matter if you are Monster Rank 1 or Hunter Rank 1 or Hunter Rank 999. 
you will get something from that monster that you may need, you know, to craft your next weapon. It's not one of those things where it's like, oh, you know, you're never going to be able to catch up or you're not going to be able to get anything worthwhile for playing with your friends in this multiplayer MMORPG. Like, I don't to be fair, I don't know if Genshin would be considered an MMO. It has those MMO qualities, but it's just, it's done in such, like, a blah way. And that's my, like, number one complaint with MiHoYo overall, is they don't understand how to do a riveting multiplayer system. You know, if you look back at Honkai Impact, you can do missions together, and it's somewhat better-ish, I guess, but... Not overly, because you're always, you know, going back to the lobby, going out for the mission, going back to the lobby, going out for the mission. Genshin, you know, you're not getting Jack for doing it with your friends, you know, and certain things you can't do while playing multiplayer, which again is stupid to me. Like, I'm not saying my friends should be able to jump in and like one shot the story bosses, but I do think, you know, on certain story elements, You know, your friends should be able to come in and help you. Or, you know, it's just... I wish they structured it differently. Because, again, I go back to, like, PSO2. You can be in a team and do the entire story mode together. Like, well, it's not really story mode, but you can do story quests together. There's certain ones that you have to do by yourself because they are very cutscene heavy. But... Other than that, you know, as you're filling out the mother or the matter board, that's all stuff you can do with friends. Certain, you know, certain story quests you can do with friends because you need to complete certain, you know, side task uh, in order to unlock it. That is what I want. That is what, like, I feel MiHoYo just continuously drops the ball because there are multiplayer events within the game, and some of them are great. The tower defense is fucking fun. But you know what really pisses me off? Well, the tower defense is fun. Then you have, like, prop hunt, which was actually pretty fun. I had fun dicking around on it that night. Uh, But you couldn't play with friends. That was the thing that really pissed me off is uh, the prop hunt, whatever they called it, you could not match with your friends and get rewards. Like, you had to play with randoms. And it's so stupid. You keep trying to market this game as, like, a game you can play with your friends. But when you immediately take away the rewards of playing with friends overall, then what's the fucking point? And the worst thing is, is these multiplayer events are time-limited. So if you had a buddy who's just super busy this week that can't do the event at all with y'all... Now, mind you, events tend to run for a little while, so... You know, this one's more of a gripe than an actual complaint. But if, for whatever reason, your friend can't do the tower defense with y'all, it's just like, alright, well, it's gone. Once it's gone, it's gone. And that's so fucking stupid. And, like, the worst part of it is, and again, this is another strike against Genshin as a multiplayer game. Some of these multiplayer events are locked by story progression. Which, to me, is the stupidest shit ever. Because if you want people to get into this game, you need to at least give them some kind of way to play with friends who are much higher up. Like, if you are making the only multiplayer events locked behind progression, I'm not going to play your fucking game. Like, 
I'm going to be entirely real. Uh, there's another game that I'm probably going to download once I'm done with podcasts. It's called Pocky and Rocky Reshrined. It just recently came out on Nintendo Switch and PlayStation, I want to say. I Pocky and Rocky is a Super Nintendo and Game Boy Advance kind of bullet hell-esque game where, you know, you're basically on the... Like, you have all, you know, free reigns of motion. Uh, you know, imagine... I'm trying to think of a similar game. Like, Blaster Master. You know, if any of y'all have ever played that one, that it became popular for a little while. Uh, but the top-down-esque, you know, isometric... I don't really have a good way of describing it. Basically, you're running around... And bullets are flying at you everywhere. Like, imagine Toho, except, you know, you can get hit. So there's a shit ton more bullets. Well, shit ton unpatterned bullets. It's a lot of fun, and I highly recommend it, you know, for people to give it a shot. I want to say it's on the uh, eShop, or uh, the online, like, the Super Nintendo console. But I don't think, it, now that I've said that, I don't think it is. I'm trying to remember how I last played it. Anyway, doesn't really matter. This is the remaster of it. Um, it's apparently a new game-ish, uh, you know, different enough that it's good enough to stand off on its own, but, you know, not, it's kind of like a remake of the first game. The thing that's really cool is it's two-player, but the thing that really isn't is you have to have 10,000 coins or whatever in order to unlock, like, into buy and unlock two-player, which on the Super Nintendo versions... You had, naturally, you just plugged in a second controller and picked, you know, either Pocky or Rocky. And that's it. You know, and then when the second game came out, you have more characters. But it's just like, alright, you have to spend this time with this game in order to unlock the ability to play with people. And it's just like, that to me just kind of pisses me off. Because, you know, these games are marketed as multiplayer games. You should have the ability... To make playing with a second person worthwhile. Like, imagine if in Cuphead, you had to be up to, you know, World 2, Inkwell Isle 2, in order to do two-player. And then you still had to go back and do all the run-and-gun stages to get your friend to collect the coins and go on from there. That's kind of how it feels like at times. Ah. Speaking of which, if you haven't played the Delicious Last Course, the Cuphead DLC... I hear it's super amazing, and I really want to play it myself. Maybe I will play that on stream one day. But, you know, okay, maybe this is starting to evolve away from, you know, just Genshin, but, like, multiplayer, like, modern multiplayer games. Because here's another thing that pissed me off. So, another game that came out recently is Klonoa, uh, the fantasy, I think it was fantasy, or Phantasm Collection, whatever. I love Klonoa. I think Klonoa is one of the most underrated platformers from the early PlayStation days. Klonoa has, you know, is another one that started on PlayStation, had a couple of Game Boy Advance games, actually had a Wonderswan game, believe it or not. It was ported to Wii. Um, you know, all in all, is a really good game. But they added a multiplayer function. And this, like, it's just so stupid to me how... Their multiplayer function, like, the way they expect somebody else to play this game with you, is you get to control Hupo. Hupo is Klonoa's wind spirit friend. 
Hupo allows Klonoa to inflate enemies, pick them up over his head, and either use them as a secondary, like a double jump, or you can use them as a weapon to attack people. You get to play as Hupo, as player two, and you know what you get to do as Hupo, my dear listeners? You get to fucking get a high jump, and that's it. You get a high jump that recharges every five seconds. I think that's the stupidest fucking thing. Now, mind you, uh, when it comes to uh, Klonoa 2, which is packaged in the same thing, maybe you get to do more. But I just hate that, like, you have all these new modern games, like Mario Odyssey is another one that comes to mind, that Player 2 gets to control Cappy. That's cool, I guess. You know, I'm sure it allows for, you know, more technical-type speedrun-esque things, where it's like, I'm sure there's a two-player Mario speedrun but I wish that, like, more... Like, the fucking uh, Bowser's Fury. Bowser's Fury, when you got to play as uh, Bowser Jr. Bowser Jr. didn't get to do Jack. Like, Player 2 keeps getting shafted to some degree. Where it's like, you know, I guess it's good for your kid brother or kid sister who wants to play video games with you. It's like, yeah, I get to control the character doing all the cool things. And you can kind of maybe assist me. So stupid, man. Like, I think back to, uh, was it Mario, uh, Mario Galaxy, where player two, you got to shoot star bits. <laughs> That's like, you got to collect star bits, shoot star bits, and hold enemies. I hope you're having a fun time, man. <laughs> like, I hate, I hate shoehorned multiplayer. I feel like Genshin, to circle it all back, is another one of those instances where it's shoehorned multiplayer. Like, the game was clearly not built around having, you know, multiplayer built in. And the thing that just kind of blows my mind is Genshin is a global phenomenon. There is no ifs, ands, or buts about it. When a new banner comes out, they make so much fucking money. Hell, I think in, like, in just the... Uh, Kazuha, the most recent banner, the day one of that, I think they made close, like, he's almost the highest selling gotcha, you know, or rather pool, since the game's come out. You know, I think he's currently only being beat out by the original Venti run, or the original Venti rerun. And it makes sense, because, like, Venti changes how the game's played. Kazuha allows you to change how the game's played. You get a free Klonoa jump, where you get just, like, shot up into the air, and fucking Kazuha is strong as hell. But, you know, it just blows my mind that these games are pretty much, like, global phenomena, you know, but multiplayer's just shoehorned in. Like, it still blows my mind that MiHoYo, despite having this massive player base, does not do more to make playing together with friends worth it. Like, I think, you know, yes, it is obviously important to keep your whales happy, you know, in any gacha game, because that's how you make, that's your bottom line to some degree. You know, you want to keep that 5% that's spending hundreds of thousands of dollars every pool trying to get, you know, C6 Kazuha, like... To all of them, yeah, keep them happy. But wouldn't it make sense to some degree to make it so that way, you know, you can bring in new players more easily? Like, ugh. Honestly, 
I may just change the title from like Eula to in Eula's to why multiplayer games suck, and here's some IT shit on the side. Ah, <laughs> oh, God, I, I'm sorry. It's one of those things where like also, 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 real quick, real quick. I hate the fact that you can't play with friends cross server. I think that's the stupidest fucking thing. Like again, I think back to PSO two. If you have, and like, even Final Fantasy does this, if you have a character on a different server, you can pay X amount of money to transfer that character over to a new server. You know, usually it's like five bucks. It's something small. Genshin doesn't allow you to do that. Nor does Genshin allow you to play with your friends across different servers. Like, I would have loved to keep being able to play with my NA account because, you know, I'm almost done with Leeway. In my NA account. Now I'm still way behind. But at least I was getting places. You know. But now I have my Asia account. Which is probably better built. But because I actually understand part of what I'm doing now. Because my sweet girlfriend. Just keeps carrying me. And telling me what I need to do. And I really appreciate her when it comes to this. I love you baby. But. Um, I can hear her now. If we're if we're in the car listening to this together, she's probably like, "Oh my god, shut up!" <laughs> you know what's funny though? Real quick, side tangent again. Uh, we were listening to the last episode. Like, I hadn't taken a chance to because I I tend to listen to my own episodes after they're published, just so I can get a feeling of you know how did that episode sound? Was it good? Uh, what kind of things do I need to care work on? Like. You know, so on and so forth. Like, do I think it's an entertaining episode? Because I think as a content creator, you should be able to watch your own stuff or hear your own stuff and be like, okay, I did this well or I need to improve on this. So, you know, oftentimes we'll listen to it together. But I was driving her home last night and she got to the point because she had already listened to it before me. And she's like, yeah, at some point you're talking about like, work-life balance and then you're like oh and i know you if julia if we're listening to this in the car together you know <laughs> i know you're nodding your head this kind of thing and she just she hit it she's like yes i am <laughs> and then i you know i added on to it i'm like and then i'm probably saying something along the lines of i'm work or i'm working on it you know something and i just mirrored it at the same time so hearing me in surround sound just like i'm sorry i'm working on it this is funny as fuck but anyway <laughs> yeah. you know i wish i could carry over my progress from na and be able to play with my girlfriend who's on the Asia, like the Asia server. I know a lot of people would play Genshin with me if I was on the same server with them. And it's like, am I going to go back to my NA account? No, I think that's stupid. Because I already had to restart my progress. I might as well pave a path through one server that I want to play on. Then, you know, keep going back and forth and doing the same story beats. Or, you know, I... I don't get why there isn't cross-server progression. Like, I still don't understand. And nobody's been able to give me a good explanation as to why, you know, progress can't be universal. You are using the same account to log in. You're just choosing a different server. I don't know. It's just stupid to me. And I, like, to some degree, I understand it as an IT guy. I can, uh... You know, understand that the like the save data and all 
is sitting on a store or in a storage on this side of the world versus another side of the world. But you know, give me, like I know a lot of people would transfer their accounts if they could, just to play with friends they've met online, you know, from the Genshin community. And I think that should be like the number one thing on their you know next roadmap. Will they ever do it? Probably not, because they're making buku's money. They don't give a shit. Honestly, I would not be surprised if uh, Genshin never finished. I would not be surprised if, you know, progress or, like, focus shifted to the new game that they have coming out, which I'm hopeful will have better multiplayer. I doubt it, you know, based on their track record. But, you know, maybe, just maybe we'll actually have solid multiplayer and a a MiHoYo or whatever they want to call themselves, MiHoYoVerse, whatever, uh game but speaking of services is actually a pretty good transition period uh to go into more of the it conversation so you know you got to hear all about how i felt about genshin impact and you know i kind of want to carry on the conversation from last week where we talked about whether or not it was right for you and this time i kind of want to go more into some of the things you can experience working in it both the good and the bad you know, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna be kind of reveal or unveiling part of the production here. Uh, I'm gonna try and I don't want to say burn through these points because my time to record's running a little bit short. Um, you know, right now it is 8:40 p.m. I gotta be able to get out and get my girlfriend. So again, if there's something I don't cover here, um, and you want me to cover in a future episode, please, please, please feel completely okay with sending me an email at plumescast at gmail. That email again, plumescast at gmail. Just because there are going to be things that I don't cover, and I want to know what things you guys want me to cover. And of course, if you come up during the Twitch stream and you're like, hey, you know, can you talk more about this in the next episode? I'll 100% write it down. Like, IT, as I've explained, you know, before is a complicated field. It isn't easy for people to get into. So if you need me to break something down and go more in depth, like, hey, what kind of things can I expect going into school for IT? You know, I can do that for you. Just let me know. But anyway, I wanted to start with the good things because I want to, like, even though the bad is coming, I want to paint IT in a great light because overall... Most IT jobs are really good, you know, depending on who you work with. And that's kind of a, you know, disclaimer. Your mileage may vary depending on what field you work in. Some people are going to go in and absolutely love their jobs just because of the field they work in. Other people are going to hate them because, you know, the same reason. But to start off, a variety of industries, like I was saying, need IT. You know, especially nowadays in this post, well, I guess, current pandemic world. Just real quick side thing. I, you know, every morning, right, I, and every night I read the news. Like, I have a feed on my phone that I can just quickly read through. It has stories relevant to me. But I read through, you know, maybe once, twice, three times a day. And I recently saw that, like, COVID-19 is surging again in my state. I'm just like, really? Really? I, Bro, we're in year three of this, it feels like, maybe year two. 
and we're still dealing with this shit. <laughs> you would think at this point people would realize, like, hey, these are the things we need to do. But surprisingly enough, I have heard jack crap from, you know, any of our elected officials to say, hey, you need to mask up. Or, hey, you know, we're putting these restrictions temporarily back in place. Or, hey, you know, we're mandating work from home for X amount of weeks just to make sure. Man, this shit so wild to me. No, you know what we're getting? All right, this... mm, I promise I'll get back to IT after this. But we actually have something known as the Southern Slowdown coming through in a couple of days. And if you don't know what that is, you know, my friends from the northern states, which, by the way, KO, if you're listening, fuck you for being just outside the range... But here's what the Southern Slowdown is. The Southern Slowdown is an initiative by the police force of all these states. You know, there's, I think it's everywhere under North Carolina is basically on the docket for this. Um, Across to Texas, I want to say. Texas might be in there. I'm not entirely sure. But regardless, it's a bunch of states that are doing their best to you know, enforce speed limits. Because if you've ever traveled to the southeast of, you know, the United States of America, people drive a little fast here. Most people, myself included, will go about five over at times. You know, except in, like, residential areas. Like, because there's just a lot of spacious areas at times, you know. But you have idiots who are driving, you know... 10, 20, 30, 40, even 50 miles per hour faster than the speed limit. I know a good few roads just off the top of my head that people are routinely going 30, 40 over. Like, the road I'm thinking of, the speed limit's 45. I've clocked somebody easily going 85 because they're going twice the speed I'm going. And it's like, I understand why they're doing the southern slowdown, But the whole thing is, is if you are even going remotely over the speed limit, you could get pulled over and get a ticket. Which is the stupidest thing to me. Like, there are so many other things we need to focus on. But no, we're going to take a week. A week. Of all things. Like, the thing that just really makes me mad is, again, this is kind of like the multiplayer thing. It's half-assed. Like, You think a week's worth of slowing people down is going to change anything? The second people don't see the police on the road, they're going to speed the fuck right back up. Like, I was driving home with the Fox wife last night. We were talking amongst ourselves, laughing, having a good time as we do as I try to re-energize. Or energize. uh, Sorry, inside joke between us. (laughs) But... Trying to give my tired girlfriend some love and some care after a long day of work. And this fucker drives, like, in a Dodge. This dude flies by going easily 100 down the highway, racing somebody on a bike. Like, racing somebody on a motorcycle. Like, these people are dodging and, like, diving through traffic. I am amazingly surprised nobody got hurt. Because the way some of these racers come through here, they absolutely come close to sideswiping people. We saw somebody on the side of the road the other day, you know, uh, they had crashed into the median. They were going way too fast, went way, like, lost control of the car, swerved headfirst into the median, and the thing caught fire. And 
blocked like three or four lanes. Like, yes, is the initiative needed? For sure. But if you're going to do it, make it a permanent thing. Like, you know, because people are just going to go back to doing what they do once the week's over. It's stupid to me. Anyway, you know, to tie this all back into IT, people are going to do stupid things like this. You know what I'm immediately thinking of when it comes to initiatives? And this is one of the bad things. But, well, not even clarifying this is bad is because that has its own section later on. But after a major event happens in your company, you're going to get maybe a week of people, you know, trying to do the right thing. A week of people trying to, you know, enforce all these stupid rules that really don't matter because once that week's done... It's free game again. You know, the thing that immediately, like, I think of is, say, for example, you know, you work for a child company of a big parent company, and the parent company comes through for a surprise visit. The parent company sees that your workers are on YouTube or and Facebook and all, so they go to the IT team and they're like, hey, you need to turn off access to X, Y, and Z while the people are here, you know, just because productivity isn't high enough. And some of them may actually come after you and grill you like, oh, well, why wasn't this already blocked prior to blah, 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 blah. And, you know, you can, as an IT admin or whatever you are, go up to them and be like, hey, you know, I notice a lot of people are getting malware and phishing links and all this shit from these websites, like being on uh, Facebook and all, they're clicking on links that people are randomly sending them, because let's, okay, let me finish this, and then I'll back up and explain why, you know, Facebook and Reddit and everything else may not be the safest thing to go on while at work hours. Do I do it? Yeah, for sure. I fucking use Reddit all the time at work, because it's a good source of information at times. But, anyway, you have these people that are clicking on these malicious links that are being sent to them from LinkedIn, from Facebook. Maybe we need to block these. And they'll respond with, well, well, you know, if we do that, we are restricting the ability to communicate with the outside world, blah, 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 blah. Which translates to, well, then I have to stop using Facebook, and then I actually have to start doing work. So, no. And it's just... Then, you know... You have the parent company come through. They're like, why are all these people on Facebook? You know, we have customers that need to be answered. Like, this is part of the reason why the phones, you know, aren't getting answered, so on and so forth. And then these managers who have the fire under their ass are like, we need to block Facebook. We need to block YouTube. We need to block X, Y, and Z. You know, this is terrible. Why haven't you done this before? Just not saying I've lived through that, but I may have. And it's one of those things where, you know, you have these people that come raging with this fire underneath them to make a change that's temporary. And then, you know, after the week is over and the higher-ups are gone or they're satisfied, they come back into your office. Hey, um, I know we uh, blocked Facebook to, uh, you know, to appease the higher-ups, but, uh, uh... Is there any way I could have that back? Like, I I, need, I really need to get this file to somebody, and I only really have them on Facebook, so can you can you make an exception to the rule for me? And it's just, mm. It's stupid. It is entirely stupid. It 
Because then you have people trying to bend the rules, and then it's like, why do we even have the rules in place? And, you know, some organizations will be like, you know what, just kill the rule. Until the next accident happens, and then you go through the whole cycle again. (sighs) I promise you guys, IT is a great position, but there's some frustrating things about it that you'll probably carry with you. You know, uh, I genuinely, I love being young in an IT because I can go up to my friends who are curious about it, and I can go to you guys, and I can just be completely realistic with you and be like, this is what you're probably going to see, just as a heads up. If you're not prepared for that, you know, time to find a different field. But, you know, this kind of ties back to one of the good things about IT, though, is that you'll always be challenged. Like, there's very few days in which you can go in And do nothing all day. Like, yeah, you will have some days like that where, you know, there's no tickets coming in. Your projects are all caught up for the time being. Like, you're waiting for some projects to get approved along and, you know, so on and so forth. But, you know, and, like, no one bothers you. I know certain IT techs, I'm not going to name them by name on here, that will go in. And if it's one of those days, they'll just sit and, you know, dick around on their phone or, you know... It's funny, the guy I replaced at my company, instead of, you know, trying to better himself into the position, you know, he would stream on Twitch in the office during work hours and talk to chat. Like, I genuinely am curious how this fucker got, like, he stayed at the position I'm in for over a year and a half. And he did this on the often. And people, like, when people had issues... They couldn't find him, and he still kept his job for a long time. Now, mind you, our company is very hard to get fired from. The only reason he got fired was because the CEO had a iPhone issue. He left his iPhone with uh, IT Tech, and IT Tech, you know, didn't touch it for over a week. In fact, CEO came looking for, you know, IT Tech, and IT Tech had left the phone in the exact position a week later. So, CEO told him to pack his shit and go. Meanwhile, if, you know, CEO comes into my office and is like, hey, I'm having this iPhone issue. Fuck, man, I drop near everything I'm doing. Or I'll be like, hey, can I come over your way in like 15 minutes? I'm in the middle of something and I just need to get to a stopping point. Nine times out of ten, he's pretty cool about like, oh yeah, come by whenever, it's fine. That's why I love my job, too. A great extent. I love the people that I work with. You know, there are certain times where, like, they say something that gets a little under my skin, and I don't think they really realize that what they say got under my skin. But, like, perfect example. Uh, I'm walking to my car. It's, like, 3 o'clock. I hadn't gotten lunch yet because I was just incredibly busy. I had a 2 o'clock that went for an hour when it was only supposed to go for, like, you know, 30 minutes. And... I was really hungry. I was going to do my QT special, which is like four taquitos and a drink. Because <laughs> um, I didn't pack my lunch. Like, usually either Juju or I will pack my lunch for the day ahead. And I think the night before, we had pizza bites for dinner. So, just because we were both kind of tired, um, we were out late. So, it was just like, we want something quick to eat. So, I didn't have anything to bring into lunch. And um, so, three o'clock rolls a by. And I realize I still haven't eaten. And the HR lead leaves at 3. 
you know, she tends to come in super early, I think like six, seven o'clock, and we'll leave at three o'clock. And, you know, so we're walking out basically at the same time, and she's like, oh, where are you going? And I'm like, oh, I'm going to go get some lunch at QT. And she's like, lunch at three o'clock? And I'm like, yeah, no, I've been incredibly busy. Like, because my boss was out of the office for the day, so a bunch of his work trickled onto me. And, you know, I had this meeting that I had to be in, so I couldn't, like, really dance between, you know, my responsibilities and sneaking out for a day, or sneaking out for an hour. But I was just like, okay, I, I just need this food. Like, And she's like, well, you know, you should pack lunch. I think packing lunch would be a good idea. And I looked at her, I'm like, I... I tend to pack lunch at least three days out of the week. You know, I bring leftovers in. Uh, and she's like, oh, really? I've just, I've never seen you bring lunch. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, no, I cook. Juju cooks. I bring food in pretty often. You know, you see me walk by your office with my lunchbox in the morning and in the afternoon when, I, when it's time to eat. And she's like, well... You know, some people keep frozen food in the in the freezer. And, you know, just in case you ever need it, you should get some frozen food. Like those frozen meals you can just toss in the microwave. And, um, you know, just toss them in there just in case you ever need them. And I just, I played it off as a joke. I'm like, oh, yeah, no, I'll get some Chef Boyardee. I'll keep a couple of cans in the office with a bowl. You know, I was just like, you, I'm like, I know I must have made a face because I was hungry and I was tired. Like, <laughs> I wasn't getting towards hangry territory, but I was getting close. And that, you know, that's just one of the things you'll deal with working in any position. Sometimes the people you work with, especially if there's a significant age gap, will try and mentor you in ways that you don't need to be mentored. Like, I was just like, yeah, I, I know. I'm trying to save money. You know, the economy's shit, and I'm trying to buy a house one day. One day. But anyway, so like I said, you'll always be challenged in IT. It is a field in which, you know, every day can be vastly different. You know, like I said, you can have the easy days or you can have the days where you are, you know, balls to the walls running around trying to solve different problems and projects. You know, you have reports that are due to the higher ups at this time, so on and so forth. Hopefully, the majority of your days aren't like that. But in the same breath, you know, your days can always be challenging. You know, it can be extremely stressful. There are days, like today for me, uh, when you have to cancel your plans. Because you ultimately have, you know, things that you, you're responsible for. It sucks, but that is kind of the nature of the business. When things go wrong, you are the first person that may be called. Are you prepared for that? You know? And unfortunately, your work-life balance kind of takes a hit. Because, and like some people, some people will be like, Oh, if you go into IT, your work-life balance is going to be great. No, it absolutely is going to be shit at times. Because the things you need to do, like the server updates... And, you know, swapping over, like, different machines, so on and so forth. People are going to either fight you on it, or you need to do it outside of hours, you know, working hours, because, you know, you're going to take down the entire system to do it. So, really, the people that get to work in the office, that clock in at 8 and end at 5, 
Like, they don't have to really answer their emails afterwards. They don't need to do anything else. You, on the other hand, need to have your phone on you near constantly. God forbid, you know, somebody get into your system, your intrusion detection system or service or whatever the hell you want to call it, uh, goes off and it pings your phone. Like, hey, if you don't, if you're not paying attention to that, that could be your entire business up in an evening, depending on how big and how bad they want to be. You know, so your work-life balance could absolutely go down the shitter. It's the unfortunate truth of things. It, you know, and like I said, it happened to me today. It happened to me somewhat yesterday. Now, mind you, I was working, you know, I was working from home, but I had, you know, some plans because I was basically done with work for the day pretty early in the day, like probably around two, three o'clock, I was going to eat lunch And then I was going to work on things for stream, you know, just because everything that I needed to really worry about was on time. Like, I was actually ahead of schedule on certain things. Now, because of certain events, I kind of have to step up on one of my projects and try to get things done as quickly as possible. But that, again, is one of the rubs of IT. You can have a complete colossal failover... And you need to get projects that were going to be expedited or pushed away until the end of the year. Well, now they need to be done like next week to figure it out. Thankfully, you know, in my personal example, it's nothing like that. It would be preferred if I can do something like that. And I'm going to bust my ass like Monday, Monday stream. When you see me, I might be exhausted. I'm giving you all the heads up now. Uh, but I'm taking this weekend prior to, to kind of just detox, relax. Um, I got, like I said, I got to hang with my friends today, even though it was only online. Um, and then I have a nice date day with Juju tomorrow. I'm finally getting my hair cut after a couple of months. Um, and I get to see a couple more friends tomorrow night as we hang out at the pool. Like that'll be really nice. I'm excited for that. But, uh, anyway, you know, and that's kind of a takeaway of this entire IT conversation, too, is you need to, which, by the way, real quick, real quick, real quick, I am sorry if you hear background noise, uh, Aki has woken up and she is on her crackhead shit at energy, and every now and again she just knocks her baby around in here, I don't think, in fact, she's right at the, uh, chair next to me. Because I pull up her chair, like, I have a second office chair that Juju usually uses, but she uh, just brought one of her babies in, and she just starts batting it around her chair, Uh, because she'll sleep up in it, it's really cute, so I appreciate being able to, like, look over, and there she is sleeping, I'll reach over and scratch her head, it's cute as shit, I love this fucking cat. She's a little demon at times, but she's my little demon. And you know, that's how I feel like I'm going to be with when it comes time to have kids. But <laughs> anyway, I apologize for any noise that you hear. Uh, as I was saying, though, you need to, in this field, have clear boundaries about what is yours and your time. Like, my boss the other day took a day off, middle of the week, just because he needed it. Like, he'd been busting his ass, doing finance stuff, so on and so forth. And now it is, uh, he just needed a day. So he went and he did it. I'm going to try and do the same, you know, coming up in a couple of 
weeks-ish, like the end of the month, I'd like to take two days off. Just because I have been inheriting this massive security undertaking by the mother company. And honestly, I could use a bit of a break too. Uh, Jesus Christ, that cat is going insane out there. She's coming to the door. I think she knows I'm talking about her. Nope, she's smacking away her toy gyoza. Oh, lordy, lordy, lordy. I apologize if you can hear any of this. I'm actually like relatively surprised at times when I listen to a recording. And like I know at specific times when... Oops, sorry. Um, that was her knocking the door. But I will hear at times when a car will come flying by and their music will be pounding. And I'll remember that specific like timestamp area. I'm like, I wonder if I'll hear it. And I don't hear it. So I don't know if you'll hear the door creaking. I don't know if you'll hear her slam into the box or anything else. Like she she is such a wild child in the sense that like if I shut the door and I just try to do the recording with the door closed, she'll start pawing underneath the door and like start tearing up the carpet because she wants attention. You know, she wants to be in the same room as me. Um Unless she's playing with herself, then she just kind of jumps around the apartment and has a go at all time. And then usually, you know, when I see her playing, I'll grab one of her toys and I'll sit out there with her and just bat stuff around. But anyway, all that to say, back to what I was talking about. In fact, there's a little demon right now. She is smacking at the door, even though the door is opened. What are you doing, Aki? Okay, there she goes. <laughs> you know, I love the fact, real quick, before I finish off topic... Um, I love the fact that you guys love her as much as I do, like being able to have cat cam on the cooking stream just while I was finishing up the meal was just super relaxing and I had a lot of fun with it. So maybe I will look into, you know, establishing cat cam for other streams as well. But that said, uh, you know, you need to have in IT a clear definition of your time, your hobbies, your like Unless it's a fucking emergency, don't call me time. Because at the end of the day, what people don't realize is you are a person. Like, one thing I strive for every communication that I have with my coworkers is they don't call me to say, Hey, Seth, how's it going? I, every time I answer the phone and I have their phone contact saved, I'm like, you know, name, how's it going? And I try and make light of the conversation before any of this starts because I know they're calling me because they're having an issue you know very few times now mind you some of my coworkers absolutely make it a habit to come by and see me every now and again and just shoot the shit and I really appreciate that like those are the people that I genuinely really enjoy working with um just because like I work with technology all day. I don't get a whole bunch of human interaction. So, which sucks for me because I'm a people person. I am probably the, like, as weird as it is to say, the biggest outlier to IT that there ever was or ever will be because I like having conversations. I like talking with people. That's why I do stream too. And I do the podcast because it allows me to actually be able to have like full on conversations even though y'all ain't listen or y'all just listening at this point and I'm just blowing off like steam for an hour plus I appreciate it because these ideas and like these topics will sit in my head for so long and just having the release 
being able to talk about things with y'all. It means a lot to me. And I love doing, you know, the different streams, like doing gaming streams. That's my time to play games and talk with people. I love that. When it's cooking streams, y'all get my attention almost 90% of the time. You know, unless I'm, like, focusing on, you know, a certain element, like, I have to keep my eyes down on something, I will look up and chat as much as I can. In fact, I'm looking into getting uh, pop socket holders across the apartment. Or not across the apartment. Uh, in the kitchen, either I'm going to get one of those standing ones that have, like, the tripod underneath it and you just slap your phone up top. Uh, so that way I keep my phone away from, you know, the bubble, the bubbling oil and the ingredients and shit. And I can read chat more easily. Or I'm just going to get some wall-mounted ones and just slap them up there. Because it would be cheaper to do that. I just wouldn't have the ability to uh, move them around as much as I'd like to. But anyway, I really, like, that's the thing. Is you need to have these moments in time where you get to be you. You get to take off the IT hub. Because when your coworkers come up to you, they may not treat you like a person at times. They treat you as a problem solver. You are there to fix their issues. And some people will just come into my office and be like, hey, Seth, so I have this issue. And it's just like, no, we, we like, I will get on people's asses about that. Like, I had, back in a previous life, I had somebody that would knock, open the door, and be like, I'm having this issue. And I'm like, okay, no, close the door, come back in, and say hello first. Like, I, I understand what my job role is. I understand that a lot of the time I'm doing behind-the-curtain stuff that you guys should hopefully never see. Uh, you know, when you guys do see what I'm doing, I try and make a joke of it. Like, you know, I had to take down a server the other day, and just for a little while, just because we were having hard drive issues with it, and I needed to get it replaced real fast, toss it back in so the VM could continue on. It was a long, complicated thing. It actually wasn't that bad, but it was like back up in an hour or so. But anyway... People were like, oh, you know, do you know this is down? And, like, I made a joke. Like, people would call for, like, I had maybe 30 minutes worth of phone calls of people being like, hey, do you know this is down? So I'd answer the phone. I'm like, hello, this is Seth. Are you calling about, you know, X server having this issue? I'm well aware. But guess what? You're caller number three. If you were caller number seven, you would get a $50 gift card to Chili's. Try again next time. And they would laugh. Like, that's another thing, too, about IT, is people may not treat you like a human, but you need to treat people like they're humans. Like, again, I've brought up the subreddit before, but if you go on to sysadmin, some people just are dehumanized. They don't have the social skills to be able to be like, oh, yeah, no, this is another person. This isn't just a dumb user. This is a person with feelings and thoughts and a family. You know, so you get people that, like, call up about an issue, and they'll be like, yeah, I'm working on it, hang up. Or they won't even answer, they'll just hang up on them. And it's just, I strive to have strong communication, not only with my, you know, boss, but with the rest of my company, because I want people to know, hey, if you're experiencing this weird issue, come to me. Now, that said, people will absolutely fight you on some of the choices you make. 
you know, I have a couple of users that are so bullheaded about letting me use their machine, like, to fix it, that they'd rather go through an entire disk check at times. Like, I have one user that's continuously getting a blue screen. And I'm like, you need to leave that machine with me for X amount of time so that way I can get you working. Like, I have a loaner machine that I can program for you. If all your stuff is in the cloud, this will be like turning on the machine. And there you go. You're off to the races. And when you're done, keep saving everything to the cloud. And wow, it's on your old computer. Crazy. And you're just like, I, I just, I'm really busy. I need this. I, I, I just, I don't have time. And I'm like... Well, I can't, you know, I can't proceed down the line of getting you a new machine if that's what we need to do if you don't allow me the chance to fix it. It's, and that's a common issue, you know. I have another uh, person that's kind of in the same boat where, you know, his graphics card was so out of date it was causing blue screens and making his computer, like, unresponsive at times. I let, like, I'm like, all right, look, you go to lunch, you leave your computer with me, it will be fine when he gets back. I give it back to him, I get it fixed, and I give it back to him, because that's the thing about blue screens, like, here's something for the non-IT people, is if you look on a blue screen screen, down at the bottom, there is a QR code, and right next to it, there is an error code. If you search up that error code, nine times out of ten, you're going to find what is causing it, and what you can do to fix it. Sometimes it's an immediate like, oh hey, this specific error code goes to this specific piece of Windows software. Update this. And then it's done. Like, for as smart as computers are, they are incredibly stupid. And they need a human element to go in and fix sometimes. Because they can't fix it themselves. Same thing with users at times. Some users are incredibly smart. But there are certain things that they, you know, refuse to acknowledge until you go in and force the fix yourself. And bada bing, bada boom, they're working much better. And, like, here's another thing that you might get fought on. Like, I recently bolstered our security, okay? I recently went through and I made the VPN mandatory because our mother company was worried about that kind of stuff. And we had one in place. People weren't always using it. So we brought certain aspects of their, you know, daily workflow behind the VPN to be like, hey, you need to be on this. I got so many phone calls from people trying to use the expense manager who were like, oh, well, uh, you know, this is taking an extra five minutes for me to put in information. How could you? I, with all due respect. I told them multiple times, I'm like, look, we can go about this in different ways. We can solve this in many different ways. But the thing is, is, you know, this was a mandatory change that needed to happen. Y'all weren't playing by the rules I put in place. Now I had to enforce them. If it makes that big of a difference to you that your day by day is absolutely ruined by the, you know, series of steps... Like the uh, standard operating procedure, the SOP on, you know, entering expenses, then y'all need to look at how you enter them and come up with a new way to do it. Because I can test connecting to the VPN all day and all night. I guarantee you it takes less than 30 seconds. 
You know why? Because I spent hours and days programming something that would work flawlessly. That kind of shuts them up at times. You know, you tell them you do what you can do. Because some people are like, well, I still don't want to do this. I'm like, okay, then you need to be in the office. You want to drive 30 minutes to put in all your expense? There you go. Because, you know, people are going to fight you. In some of these things, you need to put your foot down. Like, it's, I'm saying this more so for myself than y'all, but sometimes you need to put your foot down and be like, no, this is the way we need to do things. This is the way we should have been doing things. Like, I don't know how we were continuing to operate the business. You know, similar to the porn story I was telling you way back when. We needed to make it so that way personal devices couldn't be on the VPN. Done. You know, or you need to be on the VPN to access these things, and because you're on the VPN, you can't access these torrenting sites. Done. Shit is absolutely wild at times. I love my job field. I love my career. I love everything I've done up to this point. I truly do think IT is one of the best fields to be in. But there are times when things are going to make you upset. And I just hope, you know... Either if you are in it, if you are developing into it, if you are, you know, wanting to even begin pursuing it, even as a hobby, I hope you take my suspicious words of advice and say, you know, yes, I have this hard set rule. Like, I 99.9% of the time will tell people, do not call me between the hours of 7 and 9. Like... I'm doing something or like if I'm streaming and somebody calls, I'm like, Hey, if this is an emergency, we can talk. If not, you know, I'm in the middle of something. I won't be free until nine o'clock. Can we work at this tomorrow? Cause again, and I can't strike like stress this enough. And this can be said for any job. So here's your plumes, pearl of wisdom for today. You are above all else, a human. You have your life to live. You don't work to live. Or you don't live to work. Wait. No. Yeah, wait. Yep. Whatever, you're not sold to the industry. You can walk out just as quickly. You have your own life. Live it. Company can replace you. No matter how great you think you are, a company will think they're better and can replace you. And sometimes they're right, sometimes they're wrong. Regardless of the fact, you need to live your life. Yes, you need to work to get your job and get money, but your life comes so much more before that. Because let me, in this, you know, there's countless songs about this, but let me tell you something. You will always have a computer to fix, but you may miss the graduation of somebody really important. That could have, you know, been a really good family bonding moment. You could always reset a password. But you may not be there for a family member's wedding. You could always repair a server. But are you there for the day your child's born? You need to be able to put your foot down and say no. And you need to be able to live your life. Throughout all these IT episodes, I will force that down your throat. Because that is one of the hardest concepts for people to understand. And once you understand it, you got it. Stay human. Stay a person. Stay a good employee. Do what you need to do. 
But no work family, in quotations, is more important than you and your family. And that doesn't matter if it's your actual family or your family of friends. You come first in this world. Work can always come second. Anyway, that is all I gotta say. (laughs) You know, there's your words for advice tonight. I'm actually going a little bit longer than I was anticipating. So I gotta quickly end things off here and get in the car and go see my beautiful, beautiful, beautiful girlfriend who is working her poor little butt off. But it is a nice ass. (laughs) Anyway, guys, I do just want to say thank you all so much for being here. Remember, you can find me in the night skies across different platforms. You got Phantasma Blooms on Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube. And you can listen to Bloomscast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and soon-to-be YouTube. And you can email the show directly by sending it to bloomscast at gmail.com. That email again is bloomscast. P-L-U-M-E-S-C-A-S-T at gmail.com. Thank you all so much for listening in. And as always, I'll talk to you again from the night star or from the stars very soon. Until next time, everyone. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.